This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. It's lovely to, to just be in an atmosphere of constant expectation. And not expectation for something that may not come true, but expectation of God's power to move. And it's not just expecting him to move, he does move. That's, that's a beautiful thing. But tonight, just before we start, if you don't mind, take a look at someone. Just take an amazing look at them. And don't forget to smile while you're looking. And say to them something that God has put in your heart right now. If you don't have someone sitting, you're sitting close to, look for someone. Make sure in God's house, don't sit by yourself. How lovely. Something amazing. I probably might call you out to tell us what you said. <laughs> Not really. Okay. I'm not sure. Not so many people are smiling. I'm not sure what you told them. Because what you, what I expected you to say is something that could make the other person jump. Not for fear, <laughs> but out of joy. Because what we do as God's children, as people of prophecy, is to build up the lives of other people around us. And at the same time, build our own lives up through the words of our mouth. Because our word is powerful, is alive, is sharper. Than two edged sword. I said, but no, that, that's God's word. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's God's word. But when you speak God's word, your word becomes powerful and active and sharper. Right? You know, I, I've said it uh, uh, some time ago. Say so it's the content that matters, it's not the packaging. However, the packaging makes people come closer. But if the content is terrible, no one will stick with the packaging. But the packaging might attract. But the content it was, is what keeps you. Are you still here? It's true. And that is why, at times, some relationships break down. Some, I didn't say all of them, but some relationships break down because what you thought you had is not what it turns out to be. Because the packaging, if you look at my packaging, you won't come after me. I'm skinny, tall, lanky, somehow. But if you look at that guy's packaging, look at him. Look at the guns, man. All right. But, but it's true, though. Because at times, we, we look at, we, we only just accept things the way they look without really thinking through what the content is. So tonight, we're still on the series, 
a people of prophecy, but tonight we're specifically talking about God's word versus positive words. God's word versus positive words. You see, we live in a world that is that continuously feels that when you speak positive words, everything will be okay. It's good. Positive words are good. Terrible words are terrible. <laughs> Negative words are terrible. They break you. They kill you almost. Because words have got capacity to ruin or to make. But God's word is positive. But positive words aren't God's word. Are you still here? God's words are positive words, but positive words aren't God's word. They are different. They are different. When you say to someone, don't worry, it shall be well. Don't worry, you know, everything will be okay. It's hopeful. It's positive. But it's not completely God's word. You know, the Bible says, say to, say to the people, it shall be well with you. And that's a promise. But we are living in a world of fulfillment, especially when it comes to God's word. We are living in the... In, we are living in prophecy. We are not living in the time when it was promised. We are living in the fulfillment of prophecy. So don't postpone your reality to the future because your prophecy, you are actually the, the one that was spoken of. You are the one. Your life is the one that was predicted long before. The Bible says, you know, those great men in the Bible, they longed to see your day. They longed to see your day. Someone rightly put it, said, Abraham, Moses will kill to be like you. They longed to see your day. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. 24-7 inside of them. They had the Holy Spirit lurk around. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit residing inside of them. Back then the Holy Spirit would come and go. But today the Holy Spirit comes to stay. And it lives right within you. And you wouldn't understand what that means until you understand who the Holy Spirit is. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the one who proceeds from the Father. He proceeds from the Father. He's not, it's not just wind. It's not just breath. He's a person. Okay, that's not what we're talking about tonight. What we're talking about, God's word versus positive words. You know how the Bible talks about us? People think in their heart, so they are. That kind of suggests when you think positively, you'll be positive. You'll be good. 
And when you think negatively, your actions will always be negative. Your expectations will always be negative. If you feel like something is going to happen, I just feel something is going to happen, what are you doing about it? If you aren't doing anything about it, it will happen. So it's not just only about thinking negatively. Of course, we don't want to think negatively. Uh, you know, if you go to a psychotherapist or a psychologist or a counselor and all these therapy, therapeutic professionals, they will tell you what to do that is positive. They will tell you how to get rid of the negative energies. Mm. Why do they call it energy? Haven't you asked yourself why they call it energy? Because it's a spirit. It's a spirit. Because they don't have a better word to, you know, to describe it, they call it energy. It's a spirit. And speaking positive words does not get rid of the spirit. It's a band-aid. And it covers a wound that never heals. Are you still here? But the Bible says God's word is medicine. Are you still here? It's that like God's word is medicine. Positive words are banned it for a while. No one else sees what is going on, going on underneath. You put a plaster on it. They go, oh, you're injured. But they don't know how deep it is. They don't know how terrible it is. They just go, oh, you're injured. Are you okay? And you go, yeah, I've put a plaster on it. But it never heals. But God's word becomes the life that recreates. It becomes the life, the medicine that heals. The Bible calls it in Hebrews chapter 4, I believe verse 12. It said the word of God is living and active. Can you put that up? For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, Joints and marrows, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And the part that I want you to pay attention to is the living and active. Think about what Jesus said about our words. He said, a good man out of the inner good treasure flings forth good things. And an evil man, in other words, Someone who speaks negative words, possibly, or positive words, in a sense, flings forth what they've got. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And in the Amplified Translation, it puts it as, every word that you speak will be judged. See, every non Working word, idle word, non-working word, inoperative word, inoperative, non-functional word. So we'll be judged. And at times it's not about calling you and saying, okay, this is what you said and you're going to be punished because you said this. No, your life will show it. I w well, I'm not quite sure about another judgment that comes after that. But if your life reveals what you've stored inside... What judgment would be worse than that? Because Jesus said, as a man thinks, that's 
how they become. I want to ask you to go and experiment it. To spend the next one year speaking evil against yourself. <laughs> and then we'll look for another, another group who will spend the next one year speaking God's word over their life. And a third group, you know, who will spend the next one, word, one year speaking positive words over their lives. Okay? So, positive group, negative worded group, and God's word group. And then we'll have a fourth, a fourth group who says nothing about themselves. That would be a lovely research. But on the expense of some people's life in future. I don't want to do that. And see what it says about God's word. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. It said, the law, and whenever it says the law, it's actually talking about God's word. At times it calls it the statutes. Okay? Um, it said, the law of the Lord is what? It's perfect. It refreshes the soul. It refreshes the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. In other words, you can lean on it. You can lean on it. You can stake your life on it. He said they are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You know what the simple means there? The silly. The foolish. The one people push to the, to the side thinking they, they will amount to nothing. You're dull. He said it makes a dull person wise. God's word makes a dull person wise. I'll tell you a story about um, Smith Wigglesworth. Apostle Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, they called him the apostle of faith. Now, Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber. And he was never educated. Uh, he picks up any book. He can't read it. But he picks up God's word. And he can read from front from to back. How does that work? He picks up the Bible. And he can read it. But he picks up newspaper. And he has no idea what it is. God's word is trustworthy. Verse 8. The precepts, same thing, of the Lord, he said they are right. They give joy to the heart. How lovely. They give joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. It brings understanding. That's what it means. It brings understanding. It brings understanding. To your perception. When he talks about eyes, it's, in other words, the way you perceive things. It brings understanding. It brings knowledge. Brings knowledge. The next one. Say so the fear of the Lord is pure. God's word is God's fear. Because how would you know the fear of the Lord without his word? So he said the fear of the Lord is pure. Enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm. And all of them are righteous. In King James Version, he said, they are righteous altogether. See, all of them are righteous. Then verse 10, he said, they are more, oh, look at this. He said, they are more precious than gold. God's word, they are more precious than gold. Can I, can I say to you right now, um, for example, let's say my phone right here, okay? Um, if no one knows, it's the kind of phone it is what the value it's worth, and you give it to anyone, 
Okay? They can just look at it and do whatever with it. Okay? But if they realize what the brand is, and if they like the brand, they will look after it. They will care for it. It will become almost like gold in their hands. All right? The value possibly is not in the look. Are you still here? It's not in the look. The value is not in the look. Gold is not the shiniest thing on earth. You understand that? It's not the shiniest thing on earth. Actually, gold is dull. It's dull. But the value is in your perception. Are you still here? It's in your perception. So if you hold it dear, it is dear. It just depends on how you hold on dear to what you've got. And God's word will only be valuable depending on how you hold on to it. But God is telling you what the content of, the word, of his word is. He's saying it's more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. He said they are sweet. They are pure. They are perfect. They are righteous. Are, are you still here? Now, when you start to think about those qualities of God's word, it changes your perception of how you perceive God's word. So when you take that and compare it to just positive words, what are positive words? What do, do, uh, do positive words have to give you, aside from just band-aiding your aching heart for a moment, until you realize that the positive word is actually not changing anything? Positive words does not change the situation. It changes your perception for a while. It makes you feel, okay, I feel good now. Because when you fill yourself, when you fill your heart with God's word, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 verse 12 that God's word is active. It's active. And you don't know what it is until you start to research what is God's word. The Bible tells us that God's word created the world that you live in. It created the world that you live in. And you don't know until you start to research. And if you already tell yourself, well, I don't believe all of this nonsense that they talk about. Yeah, you'll get stuck in nonsense. It's true. So let's think about it a little bit. So it's talking about God's word. It's more precious than gold, much more than pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. In verse 11, it said, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And when he says your servant is warned, it's not about just warning you, giving you warning. This is your last warning. This is your last chance. No, that's not what the word of God is saying right there. It says your servant is directed. It's positioned. Because God's word has the ability to position you. You know how the Bible says in Psalm chapter 23, I believe it's verse 6. It said it leads us in the path of right. Do you see, it's not using a stick to, but it's his word that does lead you in the path of righteousness. And I tell people, I said, hey, at times there's no need for me to tell you how to behave right or how not to behave. At times I leave you, I only expose you to God's word. And God's word does the rest. Why? Because the moment your heart is connected with God's word, it starts to lead you in the path of righteousness. Okay, so let's say this. So, well, say, but I thought I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, you are. But even at the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, there's a potential for you to walk 
outside of the righteous path. It's just the righteousness not working in the line. Come on, how many of us do bowling here? Bowling, bowling, bowling. So when you throw the, what do they call it, the ball? Is it ball? The bowling ball? Okay. And you throw it towards the pin. That was your expectation. Oh, someone like me, it goes in the gutter. The gutter is part of the bowling alley. But the path is meant to go, it's not in the gutter. It goes in the gutter, you failed, you have no points. It stays in the, what do you call it? In that alley, towards the pins, even if it's just one that you hit, at least there is a point. And there are some who sit right in the middle. And it hits the king, which scatters every other thing. So all the pins go down. Why? Because your ball was focused, targeted, directed in the path of righteousness. Are you still here? It's focused in the path. Yet, same person throws the ball again. It goes in the gutter. So at times, it's just the same person. One moment is walking the path. Is getting the strike. The other moment is going in the gutter. Same person. And what does that mean at times? Although you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, at times there's a potential for you to walk outside of God's plan for your life until you realize, what am I doing? And that is where it says, by them your servant is directed, is warned. Are you still here? So by them, by God's word, your servant is warned. Now you're starting to think. So how do I do this so that it hit the kingpin? It's not like I'm not working God's part. I just don't want to knock two pins down. I want to knock the whole of them down. I was still here. So that's what God's, God's word does. It helps us to stay the track. We're still God's righteousness. He still loves us. My kids and I, at times when we go bowling, they don't go, Dad, you failed so much, we are not following you home. They don't say that. They still come with me. They don't disown me at that point. They still come with me. They still call me Dad. They laugh at me. But guess what? They always use the kids one. <laughs> right? And you put it on that thing and direct it properly. And I'm the one who still set it for them. But as an adult, I'm not allowed to use that. What does that mean at times? That there's some path as a child of God who has been in God for a while. You are not allowed to tread anymore. It's still a good path, but you are too older than that. That is why, you see, that is why we don't catch ourselves swearing. People swear to express how they feel. Right? They express how they feel by the way, you know, by swearing, you know. It's your fingers and you still point it out. Your own finger. What will it mean if you are only at home by yourself and you keep pointing the middle finger? What will it mean? Nothing. It requires another person to be there for it to actually mean something. Right? And there's this peace sign. And if you turn it the other way around, they say it means the same thing. So what am I saying? As God's children, we've got to grow up. We've got to grow up. 
there are some things that won't, regardless of how we feel they are expressing our feelings, it keeps you as a child. It keeps you as a baby. You say, well, it's just okay. Um, you know, I just want to let it out. And use all the negative, you know, swearing words. Good luck. Let's watch how far your life is going to go. Because it, it won't go too far. You are moving forward, all right. But who knows if you're just moving around in circles. But that's still forward. Going around the roundabout is still forward. You, you know, the, your, the, the mileage in your car is, is ramping up. But are you progressing? That's what the children of Israel did. For 40 years, they went around in circles. They got old. But their clothes didn't get old, the Bible says. Not even their shoes. But they got old. A whole generation perished in the wilderness, yet their clothes didn't get ruined. Why? Because God was in charge of the clothes, of the shoes. But he wasn't in charge of their hearts. Are you still here? In chapter 3, Hebrews, it said, If you hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation in the wilderness, when your father heard the same words, instead of them mixing it with faith. They did not. They rejected God. But yet, these were gods. Because in John chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus said, If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came. So he was actually referring to them. That if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. So, right there, in the wilderness. Alright, let's leave that alone. Okay. So, by them your servant is warned in keeping them, there is great reward. Say amen to that. Now, what I found also is that whilst there are three kinds of Words, as we've identified, negative words, positive words, and God's word. There are three, three kinds of people, okay? Negative people or bad people, good people, and the third one, God's people. All right? Bad people. And there's no one who will ever accept that they're a bad person. But let's say negative people, good people, and God's people. But they say the first two set of people are controlled by the world system. Are you still here? They are controlled by the world system. The good people are controlled by the world system. The bad people are controlled by the world system. They respond to their senses. They are limited by their environment. You can't speak positive words too much farther than what your environment permits. Positive words are not based on faith. They are based on hope. They are based on good thoughts. You still here? Positive word says, I failed it. Oh, no, 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 I, 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 don't, I didn't fail it. You're lying to yourself. Because you're denying the reality. There's what they call the denial of reality, and that's not what faith is. Faith is not denying reality. Faith is, uh, faith is 
looking at reality and speaking upon it what you want to see. Faith is looking at the real reality in spite of what is going on now. In spite of. Are you see? Are you here? In spite of. So, yeah, it looks terrible, but I thank God because it supplies all my needs. Are you still here? So, that's not positive words. That must be God's word. Positive word is, well, I, um, there's no money in my pocket, but I don't know how to put it at times. It's, but it will be okay. Or no money in my pocket, but there are other people who are suffering more than I. You know? At times, positive words are comparative. Look at other people. Look at them, you know. I, I'm feeling really smashed, but look at other people. There are people worse than me. So, yeah, I'm not the worst in the world. I'll still be okay. That's positive. That's one way of trying to keep yourself alive, just by a string. But God's word is this. I'll tell you what God's word is. Look at it. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. Probably we'll start from verse 1. And it says, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It says, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen. Did you see that? Now, the tenses is what gets my attention all the time. It's not actually the, the particular words in itself. It's the tenses. It says, Arise, shine, for your light, in King James Version, says, Is come. This version says, has come. And it says, and the glory of the Lord is risen. It didn't say, will rise. It says, is risen upon you. Then in verse 2, he goes, see, darkness covers the earth. It didn't say, darkness will cover. In other words, there is already darkness all around you. And thick darkness over the peoples as though you are not part of them. Because actually, you are not part of them. He said, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. So regardless of what is going on, the Lord rises upon you and the glory, his glory is seen on you. That's what it says. And that's what the word says. So the word is not saying, well, darkness rises upon people. But you see, yours is not as dark as theirs. At times, we just need to be intentional about God's word. We need to be intentional and God's word is not found in what makes you feel good. Yeah. It's not a feel-good word. Yeah. Are you still here? It's not a feel-good word. It is something that is real oh, yeah. and that you've, you're, you've positioned yourself in. And it's only found in where? God's word. It's only found in God's word. It's not found in a psychotherapeutic book. It's not found in uh, psychodynamic or psychoanalysis, whatever it is. It's not found in there. It's not found in there. It's not found from Freud. It's not found from, you know, Robert Einstein. It's not found there. It's not found there. Because even their words are still being tested till today. And most of their words fail. Because there is a new knowledge. But have you, dis have you realized that regardless of how they have tested God's word, it's never failed? Because God's word was not based on human senses. It's higher than the human knowledge. It's higher than human understanding. And that is why God says, he said, hey, come to me. Think like me. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 54. Actually, chapter 55. Verse 7. 
It says, let the wicked, you know, we talked about wicked people, right? It said, and wicked people does not actually mean they are really wicked. It just means that's all they know. Negative lifestyle. So they steal from you because they want to make themselves happy. Actually, you work to make yourself happy, right? So that's your work. They steal. Because that's the, what they know. That's their lifestyle. So that's why they call them wicked people. Because that's the only way you can identify them. All right, let's leave that. So let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Did you see that? Now, when it, the Bible was talking, God here was talking about the wicked. It actually meant humans. Humans. Those that work after their senses. Okay? Uh, let the wicked forsake their way, their pattern of doing things. And the unrighteous, same people, just switch the words around, their thoughts. Let them forget the way they think, the way they perceive or process their thoughts. Say, so let them turn to the Lord. Let them turn. The word turn there is actually to repent. Now, repent is actually to turn again. As though you have been there before, but to turn again. He said, let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. When he says he will have mercy, in other words, they missed it before. So he's giving them an opportunity to get it right. So he says, let the wicked forsake their own way of doing things and the way they, 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 they process their thought and let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon I like the way he says, and to our God, because it's not everyone that is on that position. Right? Amen. So he said, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Eight. Say, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Why did he say that? He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Have you ever gone in a plane? And look down from there. That is not even heaven. No matter how far you are up. That is not even heaven. But you look down. You can't even see, see your own house. You look at a whole city as though you can. You put your thumb out. And your thumb can cover a whole city. From up there. But God is saying here. As the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. In other words he beats your own idea completely, hands down, is insignificant when it comes to God's own ways. And he says, so, and my thoughts, then your thoughts. The kind of gap, the kind of, um, I don't know, because that just beats my imagination to be able to uh, think about how God thinks. You've not been able to completely think about the food you're going to eat. Ask me first thing in the morning, what would you like for breakfast? I have no idea. Or ask me, so what would you like to be in under 10 years? I can only speak in faith and speak God's word. But in my own senses, I have no idea. And that's why people wake up because they have no idea. They go, whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours to see, but you're lying. Because if you understand God's word, you can actually determine your future. Hallelujah. So, so as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And he said here, and as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Okay, let, let's stop there. For a moment, let's go back to verse 7. 
So let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Did you see that? So let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. What's he saying? He said, leave your way alone. Leave your thoughts alone. And in verse 8 and 9, he said, my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts are higher than yours. He said, so leave your ways alone and leave your thoughts alone and turn to the Lord. So in other words, what is he saying? He said, leave the way you are thinking and come adopt my way of thinking. Leave the way, the, your way of processing things and adopt my way of processing things. Start to see from my perspective instead of your own perspective. Are you still here? That's what he's saying. He said, because if you see from my perspective, as the heavens are higher than the earth, you will start to see on a bird's eye view that the problem that you think was massive is nothing compared to the whole. It's nothing. Because God's perspective is bigger than our own human perspective. So if you continue to speak positive words, it wouldn't work. Why? Because God is not based on positivity. He owns everything. His words are functional, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And if only we can adopt his way and, and accept his processing, how he processes his thoughts. If only. If only. Hallelujah. All right. Can we end there tonight? Can we end there tonight? Because when you start to prophesy, don't think it's about speaking good words. Are you still here? It's not about speaking positive words. Positive words are not prophecy. It's God's word. It's based on God's word. Your word has to carry power. Find the ones that carry power. Find the ones that, that changes the course of people's lives. Find it. Find it. And don't give up until you find it. Because it says they are alive to those who find them. Did he say that? He said they are alive to those who find them. And health to their flesh. God's word. They are alive to those who find them. And health to their flesh. Health to their flesh. Mm. Hallelujah. I could continue. Uh, but no. <laughs> Praise God. But I, I want you to go home tonight. And start to study God's word from a perspective of God. You know, on Sunday, we are intentionally going through this series like this. On Sunday, we talked about you as, as gods. Right? But we are intentionally going this way. The very first time we established the fact that we are a people of prophecy. And that the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we are changed forever. And we can start to speak God's word. Then following after that, we realize that we are not just on our own. We speak words of power. That the words that we speak are words of power. So we started to see it that way. But, you know, last Sunday we started to see that we're not just only speaking words of power. It is because of who we are. You can't just only wake up and speak words of power. You can only speak words of power if you are God's. Are you still here? Because we hail from God. We are born of God. So if God speaks words of power, that's the only thing that will come out of us. Have you ever seen a dragon? No one ever ever seen a dragon. But they say dragons breathe fire. Do you think when they give birth to their little ones, they would breathe water? No, they would breathe the same fire. Right? It's true. Have you ever seen a duck? Instead of having a beak like a duck, it's having a mouth like a dog. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's the same features. If we are God's children. If we are God's children. 
that I know you are, you have the same feature as God. That when you speak words, your words should work. God does not just only speak words. He speaks working words. Are you still here? He speaks working words. And can I say this? That God's word could be perceived as either positive or negative. Depends on where you're standing. Because the enemy gets it wrongly. They get the negative part of it. But actually, when God's word goes forth, it's to protect his own. Same word perceived two different ways. The enemy perceives it as, oh, this is bad, this is terrible, this is negative. But God's children perceive it as, oh, I'm protected. This is lovely. Are you still here? So speak God's word. And let the devil be on the run every time you open your mouth. Every time you open your mouth, he's not thinking, oh, he's going to speak positive words. And I'll tell him, you know, it's just a bandit. No. When you speak God's word, he can't stand. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In Jesus' name. Can we stand on our feet? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, starting from today, determine not to speak your own words. Speak God's word. Speak God's word. Can I declare it fast? Can I declare it fast? Not fasting from food. I know some of you will fight me if I say it's food. Okay, no. Not fasting from food. But fasting from your own words. All right? Fasting from your own words. Find the right words. Find the right words. Fast from your own words. Fast from the things that, you, that usually you use to express yourself. Oh, well, I want to give him peace of my heart. Oh, come on. Keep your heart to yourself. Speak God's word. You know, if you don't have a good thing to say, if you don't have God's word to say, not only say if you don't have positive words to say, if you don't have God's word to say, at times it's better to just keep quiet. At times it's better, just keep quiet. So let's declare it fast. It's not for seven days, but you can start one day at a time. Okay? You can start and see how it goes. Okay? And then after that, after you've, you've solidified yourself in one day, then possibly go on to two days next week. Then possibly go on to five days. Possibly to take over your life. You never can tell. But if it's God's word, it's worth the try. Are you still here? It's true. So let's have a fast. Let's have a fast. Oh, hallelujah. In the book of Isaiah, he said, this, isn't this the fast that I have that I've accepted, that you do not speak your own words. <laughs> right. It say that you do not speak your own words. Go find it. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We adore you. We praise you for what you do and how you do them. For what, you know, how you teach us your word for exposing us to your word, for allowing us to see the gems in your word. We praise you, God, because we'll never look back. We praise you, God, because our lives have become God's word. When we speak, we speak your word because we are filling ourselves with your word. So regardless of what is happening around us, we know darkness may cover the peoples and darkness may cover the earth, but we know that you have risen upon us and your glory is seen on us. And that is why no, nothing, no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. 
Not because we are fighting against it. No, because we have stepped into your word. Because your word says so, and we believe it. That settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.